Hello, everybody. Before we start this podcast today, I just want to let you know that I'm not sponsored in any way by any company. There is no ads here. But if you do want to see the products that I promote and the books that I have written, you can see all of that and all of the links to all of my social media accounts and Instagram, YouTube, and so on. All of that is on my website, noticebooks.org. N-O-T-U-S books.org, not us books.org. Hey guys, good evening everybody. We've got an unannounced live here and Ben Fuchs will be joining me as well, pharmacist Ben Fuchs. He's a very qualified person on the technical aspects of a lot of things that we talk about. And on this account, we tend to skip over a lot of the details, especially on the story. We don't have that much time to go into the details. We only have a hundred slides and stuff. So I'd really like to get Ben's opinion on some things, particularly detox. Today, I really want to talk about detox. There's a lot of misconceptions about detox. There's so many people promoting detox products and programs. And I honestly, I don't like seeing it for the most part because one reason we don't want to be on that many products all the time. It's only one reason I I don't want to be on all these different detox products. People come to us a lot of the time and we ask them one of the questions that we ask them, are you taking any supplements or herbs currently? So many times people are like, I'm taking these 10 different detox products. And so they're taking all these products and it's not serving the purpose. Basically they have a health problem. They've gone online or they've looked on Instagram or whatever, and they've been told to take all these different detox products and they end up taking 10 different products and it's not actually addressing the problem, the root problem. And we separate out, you know, the categories that we talk about. One of them is nutrition. The other one is medicine. The point is medicine and nutrition are very different things. A lot of our products will have medicinal components, meaning they'll have those same herbal ingredients in them most of the time, especially if you look at like the blood sugar support products, sweet ease, we have other ones, but You look at it and it's got the minerals that we talk about, but it's also got some of the herbs, particularly cinnamon that we know helps support blood sugar. So this can save you from, it's not even a sales pitch here. This is what we do. This is what we take the same stuff. This saves you from going out and buying this herb and this herb and this tea and all this stuff, all these medicines. And again, most people come to us, they have a problem. The problem, the root is nutritional. Medicine might help them, you know, might relieve the symptoms, might relieve the suffering, but it's not actually addressing the problem. Anyway, so that's one reason that I don't like detox products. The second reason that I don't like it is because the body's a detox machine. The body's always detoxing itself. If the body is healthy, it's constantly, it's constantly coming into contact with, you know, pathogens or toxins or even parasites. And it's very good at pushing them out itself. It's only when we get really unhealthy that, you know, these problems can build up. And let me tell you, when we do hair analysis, the vast majority of people come to us and they already have heavy metals, they already have parasites. Hey, Ben. Mr. Ryan, good to see you. Good to see you as well. So it's, it's always good to get your feedback on this. I don't know okay. if you've heard a little bit of my spiel going on here, but there's a couple reasons that I don't like detox products. And it's not against the products themselves. It's just, it's either not addressing the root problem. You know, people come to us with all kinds of problems. They're taking all kinds of herbal medicines that are a lot of them are geared towards detox and it's really not addressing the problem. So they're already taking 10 products or whatever, and that could add up very quickly. I know. That's what I've always said is like all these detox products, you got to detox from the detox products. <laughs> Basically. You know? So here's the deal. You know what the best way to detox is? Tell me. Be healthy. Your body exactly. will detox. You don't worry about it. Just don't put the toxins in, put the good stuff in. Your body will take care of detox. We have an amazing detox system built into our liver. Amazing. It takes, it, it dismantles poisons, literally. It dismantles them and rearranges them, makes them water soluble and flushes them out. 
It's amazing. Your excretory system eliminates things. Breathing out is part of the detox system. And just, you don't need anything fancy to detox. Don't put the toxins in, get healthy, pretty much. You know, I, I, I'm not a fan of a lot of detox products either. And then, like I say, a lot of the detox products are herbs that contain things that your body has to, deto has to detoxify. <laughs> yeah. it, it seems really silly to make detox. Make sure your bowels are working correctly. Breathe, drink water, move your body and keep that lymphatic system going. Make sure you're using things like vitamin C and selenium and chelating agents like N-acetylcysteine and sulfur and you know, it's not very complicated. And then, of course, don't put the toxins in as best as you can. Now, that's kind of glib a little bit because we live in a toxic world, you know. And even if you're not drinking tap water, if you're eating an apple, that apple was watered with some kind of chlorinated or fluoridated water from the farmer, and it's all impregnated in the apple. So it's really hard to be completely clean, but you certainly don't have to do the extra stuff, prescription drugs, alcohol, cigarette smoke. You know, all of these are voluntary and processed foods and toxins and foods and processed foods. That's, those are all ways we voluntarily interact with with uh, toxins. And then, you know, one of the most toxic things is that we put in our bodies all the time is it's processed sugar. That's incredibly toxic. So, we, you know, to go through all the detox uh, herbs and detox formulas and all the things people want to detox without taking care of sugar and and alcohol and cigarette smoke and doing the basics and making sure you're breathing correctly and having good bowel movements and all that, it seems kind of silly to me. I agree. Let's go into the liver a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Let me say, Love the liver it. is an incredible organ. I don't know enough about it, but what I do know is that you can cut it out, like 90% of it, it can be right. dead, it can have cirrhosis, right. it can grow back. Can you know, grow back. Think it's a pretty incredible what your liver does. In fact, why, you know what, you ever wonder why they call it the liver? What, where did the name liver come from? Because they, they used to think that's, that was the source of life. Really? Liver. Your liver. That was the source of everything. There's a, liver, a liver cell, it's called a hepatocyte, can, do, uh, can perform 500 different, or can produce 500 different chemicals, one hepatocyte. How does it know, how to, uh, 500 different uh, enzymes? How does it know how to do these things? You know, there's incredible things that the liver does. The, the liver has a whole detoxification machinery that literally will, will, reprocess molecules and make them easier for the body to handle. Uh, there's, there, there are substances that are found in plants, in fruits and vegetables that support these liver function, liver functioning. Glucuronate, have you heard of this thing called glucuronate? It's found in cruciferous. You, know, you ever wonder why cruciferous vegetables are so important? You ever hear people talking about cruciferous vegetables? Broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, kale. Yeah, I talk about them all the time. Uh, they, uh, cruciferous vegetables contain molecules that the liver uses to detox. So eating broccoli is one of the best ways to, to, de to uh, support detoxification, eating cruciferous vegetables in general. Let me jump in and say, you know, when we're talking about supporting the liver, we're really not talking about doing anything extra than we would already recommend. We're already recommending Healthy. get they off the bad coffee. foods, be on the 90, extra selenium, you know. Just stay healthy. Fiber, uh, cruciferous vegetables, bone broth, um, MSM sulfur, just, just there's so many ways to stay healthy with to, to support detoxification without doing something fancy like a detoxification program or detoxification supplement or formula. So it's really not that complicated, aside from the fact that there's a certain baseline level of toxicity that's in our environment, and there's only you know, there's only so much you could do. And by the way, there's mental and emotional toxicity also 
as well as physical toxicity. We live in a mentally and emotionally and even spiritually toxic environment too. So don't watch the news. You know, that's one of the most important ways that we toxify our minds, that we toxify our spirits and we toxify our emotions. Don't watch the news. You know, all this, all this mumbo jumbo and hype about what's going on in the world today, that's one of the most toxic things you could ever put in your system. Well, what you're saying here, I mean, th this is actually backed by science. I mean, when you're in the fight or flight mode, yeah. when you're in the stress mode, your body yeah. is literally not healing. It's right. ready for fight or flight. And a lot of us are in this all the time. I know. And it's real easy because it's titillating. It's kind of exciting in a, in a pornographic kind of way. It's actually called fear porn. Yeah, we love the drama. Yeah, the drama is exciting. It keeps us out of our... For, you know, we don't have to pay attention to our lives. We can worry about what the government's doing and what they're making us do. Not that it's a good thing, you know, what they're doing, but but to really incorporate all, to assimilate all of this stuff into your into your psyche is a great way to, to, to become toxic. And, and it may even be, that may even be the goal. Who knows? Maybe that's the, you know, what they're trying to do is toxify people. So don't I've fall into fear. people and, who are so negative that they... I know. They won't make progress at all. You know. I know, and I find myself, I have to watch that, you know, I have to see what the world, what's going on in the world just because of my business, but I have to wear a psychological, a, a psychic hazmat suit when I watch that stuff to protect myself from, and you really do have to be, you really have to protect yourself against information. You know, the word information is very interesting. Physicists will tell you that the world is made of information. That's the latest, high, the, highest phys, the, the highest physics gets, where it meets philosophy really, is that the world is made up of information. And we're made, our bodies are information. There's this thing called information medicine that says that uh, when we're sick, the information is distorted. In other words, information is made up of signal and noise. Signal is information, and the way, uh, the, the way we process information is by separating the noise from the signal. The more noise that's introduced into a system, the, less the, less, uh, the, the more dysfunctional the in information is thought that cancer and other diseases are really part of an information disturbance in the body. So the word information means in form. It's how things that are chaotic become structured. And that's really what happens in the body from a physics standpoint. The body becomes structured as a result of what's getting put in. Body restructures disorganized substance and puts it in a form, in formation. And so as we get older, really it's our, the aging process is entropy or it's more noise than signal, we're becoming more noise than signal. So when we listen to bad stuff, we listen to toxic stuff, we're putting bad information, we're making a bad form. We're making a form that is diseased, a form that's out of, that's somehow not capable of doing, it's not able to do what it ordinarily is supposed to do, processing food and, and, and metabolizing substances and building and growing and repairing. So information, uh, is something to be really careful of. That's why what you're doing is you're providing people with good information so that they can incorporate good information into their bodies so their oh. bodies can become hope, positive, absolutely. Positivity, good news, the gospel, the good news. You know, the more positive information you put into your system, the healthier your body's gonna be. And that means good food. Good food is good information. Good food has more signal to noise. Processed food is food that has less signal and more noise. Whole food is food that is structured the way nature intended it to be structured to feed species, to feed animals. Whole food has more signal and less noise. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of sort of abstract, but that's as it. no, fundamental it. as it gets.
can we so in this zone here that we're talking about of mental health can we circle back to something you said earlier you said that the lungs exhale yeah waste we don't just inhale oxygen we also expel waste yes that's why you always want to wear a mask on your face (laughs) all that all that excrement gets trapped right on your face so you can rebreathe it you draw the knuckleheads out there who want to wear masks Uh, I like that you called it excrement. I I call it air poop, basically. People don't think of it. It is. It's air poop. That's exactly what it is. It's excrement that's coming out of your lungs. Stupidest thing you could do is put a mask on and cover that up so you, like, rebreathe all that excrement that's supposed to come out of your system. Your mouth next to your your excreting organs, excreting orifices, your mouth is one of the dirtiest places in your body from a bacterial, microbial, and toxic standpoint. So exhaling is really, really important. You know, we talk about breathing all the time. That's what I was getting at. The exhale is what it's about. The inhale gets you oxygen, that's true, but the exhale is when your body relaxes. You know, you get scared, somebody jumps out of the closet or or you have going to a surprise party, they go, surprise, you go, ah, right? You suck it in. And then you relax, you go, oh, it's just a joke. So the the surprise is the sympathetic nervous system. That's the scary part, that's the fear part. That's when you're breathing in. It's the relaxing part is in the exhale. So even if you just go like this, you'll find you're activating your parasympathetic service system and your blood pressure is dropping, your immune system being boosted, your your thyroid is functioning better, your digestive system is functioning better. And when you're trying to have a bowel movement, you know, sometimes people are constipated or having a bowel movement problem. The worst thing you could do is what's called the Valsalva maneuver. Have you heard of that? The Valsalva maneuver? You ever see people uh, bench pressing and they go, or exercise? (laughs) That's called yeah. the Valsalva maneuver. That's the worst thing you can do. You know, you see sometimes professional athletes when they're bench pressing, go like this. That's like when you're having a bowel movement, you go like that. That's the Valsalva maneuver. That activates the sympathetic nervous system and that shuts everything down. What I you want to do when you're trying to have a bowel movement or an exercise movement is go breathe out. You know, always in the gym. It was always breathe in. Exactly. Breathe out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And when you try to have a bowel movement, you want to open everything up. So it's in the exhale, and in the exhale, you're also you're also spewing out toxicity through your lungs and acid. By the way, you know, uh, everybody's obsessed with this whole idea of acid and alkaline. And one of the best ways to alkalinize your body is to drop the pH or drop the acid level. And that is to drop the acid level to blow off acid. As you blow off carbon dioxide in your exhale, you're reducing the acid levels. Carbon dioxide is acidic. So you're dropping the acid levels in your body. So exhalation is great for alkalinization too. Practice the exhale a little bit. It's like it's better to give than it is to receive. So you want to you wanna breathe in maybe, maybe one to two parts for every three or four parts of exhaling. You also want to empty out your lungs fully. I mean, there's right. this short right. breathing. You mentioned the face coverings. Like, I've only worn them for a plane, and I immediately I can't deep breathe. When I, I love know. deep breathing, especially when I got nothing else to do, like I'm I, know. I know, I flew for the, the first opposite. time. I flew for the first time a couple of days ago. Thursday, I flew for the first time, and since all this stuff happened, and I had to wear a mask for like two and a half hours. It was awful, and more in the airport, you got to wear a mask too. It was terrible. And of course, the the, the flight attendant, make sure you put that over your nose. You know, I was like trying to sneak. Sneak some air in. No, no, you're not allowed to have it over your, has to be over your nose. I'm one of those guys that just has the water bottle and just keeps it cracked and just. Yeah, I, I know. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a Whatever. Good. But anyway, so a lot of people are, they're breathing in only the top part of their lung. Yes, you that's know, right. They're, they're keeping this waste trapped that's down right. all the time. 
That's exactly um, right. That's exactly right. You want to you want to empty the lungs completely. Very good. That's a very good point. And also, even when you inhale, your di and when you inhale uh, deeply, your diaphragm drops more deeply, and it activates a plexus underneath. It activates a neural plexus that it also uh, is very relaxing and very health health delivering. So make sure when you're breathing, you're breathing in deeply to the bottom of your to the bottom of your uh, diaphragm. Actually, to your feet. Practice breathing into your feet or into the ground. Well, I bring this up because you brought up mental health and you say it all the time and, you know, we don't say it enough that deep breathing is one of the, it's free and it's one of the best things that you can do to immediately relax your system and relax your mind and get off of it. It's a form of meditation. No, that almost all meditative practices involve either watching your breathing or making sure that you're breathing correctly. Watching your, you know, watching any body function, any a rhythmic body function, like a heartbeat, your pulse. Um, the uh, the breathing your breathing is a really great way just to fall to fall asleep and relax the body. I mean, when you watch your breathing, something very interesting happens as you're watching. It takes about a couple minutes of watching, and maybe five minutes of watching your breathing. But you'll notice something very very fascinating that is so magical and spiritual and high. And that is this, my friend Ryan. The body breathes itself. And you're separate from that. The body is like, when you, you'll start, when you start to pay attention to, to the breathing process, what you'll notice is the you're not breathing. The body is breathing by itself and you are separate. You're, you're observing you're, it. You're observing it. And it gives you a sense of detachment from the body. And you can start to see the body as this entity or this, this animal, this, this thing that is giving you life that's allowing you to participate in the world and your job as a as a being that's detached from the body is to take care of this thing to love this thing to nurture this thing as you would a an animal or a pet or a baby this this thing is your best friend and we because we're attached to it we don't see it as somehow something that's taking care of us but when you start watching your watching your breath you start to notice that the body has a life of its own and it's independent of you. You can't stop breathing. Well, you can try it. It'll, it'll you can't. No, what'll happen is you'll, you'll no, you really, I mean, you have to hang yourself or something like <laughs> that, really, in order to stop breathing because your body will force yourself to breathe. But when you're watching your breathing, it takes a couple minutes to do it. All of a sudden you'll notice, wait a minute, my body's just breathing. I'm just, I'm not breathing it. My body, I'm just watching it. I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty amazing thing. And like I say, it's magical. And it gets you, takes you to this very interesting place, which is why uh, meditation and breathing, correct breathing, uh, have always gone hand in hand. People get tripped up on meditation. People think that you got to clear your thoughts when, as you said, most of them have you focusing on something. You Watching focus on the thing. Your toes. Th think about how your life is. You know, we're all, we're, I hate authority. You know, I always talk about authority, somebody else writing your story, government authority, legal authority, religious authority, health authorities. I, I don't like the idea of authority. I, I was raised in the 1970s. You know, that's when I grew up. I was like, I don't know if you, know if you can begin to relate to the 1970s, Ryan. I mean, that was so long ago. And in the 1970s, we had a thing about questioning authority. So I grew up with, with this, just being very skeptical of authority. I don't want to be anybody's authority. I don't, I don't like somebody telling me what to do. Authority comes from the word author, right? Somebody's writing your story when they're your authority. Write your own story. Be your own authority, right? That's, that's how I look at it. So, you know, 
the government is an authority, police are an authority, legal systems are an authority, there's all these authorities, but you know what the number one authority is in most people's lives? Their thoughts. We are slaves to our thoughts. Our thoughts are like our masters. People, I had a friend, beautiful girl, she used to work for me, and uh, she, she uh, one day, she went into her, her brand new BMW, which she loved, and she took a freaking gun and blew her brains out in the car. You know why she did that? Because a thought told her to do it. So thoughts will tell us to kill ourselves. Thoughts will, they ruin our lives. There are authorities, there are bosses. So controlling your thoughts is so darn important. And it's not even controlling thoughts, forget I said that. Watching your thoughts, understanding the thinking process. Because what is a thought really? I mean, think about what, think about it. What is a thought? A thought is something that comes up, it sits there for a second, and then it goes away. It comes up again, it sits there for a second, and then it goes away. Most people, most of us think 90% of the same thoughts all the time. But nonetheless, it's a process. It comes up, it appears, it disappears. It comes up, it appears, and disappears. So what meditation is, is watching that process, becoming curious about that process, investigating that process. To meditate is to investigate that process. Like you're a, like you're a detective or even like a cat watching a mouse or watching a, a hole where a mouse is gonna come, up, come out of. Watch the process. And what you'll notice is as you're watching the process, this is the coolest thing. As you're watching the process, it will disappear. You cannot, because you cannot watch the process and think at the same time. And this is how you silence the process, by watching it. The only way you can think a thought is if you're not watching the process. We go into the thought world and we accept everything is true. And we accept everything is real. It's like a virtual world where we believe everything that, 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 that is appearing in thought land. And that's what causes people to commit suicide. That was causes people to get stressed. That w that's what causes people to get sick. That that's what causes people to have miserable lives, really, is this, uh, this, this uh, slavery that we have to the authority of something that is not even real. So what you want to do is, number one, you want to watch the process. You're never going to stop the process itself unless you're watching it happen. If you're not watching the process, uh, it, you're going to be a slave to it. The second thing you're a victim. Do, you're just a victim of these things that come up. And yes, yes. Because what is a think of what a thought is? A thought is really words. It's inner vocalization. It's a vocalization without words. And so what you want to do with a, a thought is instead of doing what the thought says or believing the thought, you want to just listen and watch the thought and see a process. It's kind of like what you want to do with any good relationship. You know, in relationships, when the, the best way to have a relationship is to listen. It's to kind of it's kind of watch the other person and see what the other person is saying and, and pay attention to the other person. So if we do that with the thinking process, not the not what the think not do what the thought is saying, but do it with the thinking process and watch the thinking process, we will begin to have a good relationship with our thoughts. We will begin to have a good relationship with thinking. Understand what it is, investigate its nature and its dynamics and you'll begin to have a good relationship with it. And meditation, to get back to what you're saying about meditation, that's what meditation is. It's learning to have a good relationship with the thinking process.
It's not to just escape from it. It's not, it's to, not to block escape it out. It. It's not to escape it. It's with the nature of the mind. You can't stop your heart from beating. You can't stop your, your liver from processing. And the mind thinks that's what it does. You don't, your job, the objective isn't to stop, it's to investigate it, to become curious about it. It's really quite fascinating, really. Where does the thought come from? Nobody knows, it just appears. And ultimately, what is a thought? It's potassium and calcium and sodium going into a neuron and coming out of the neuron. It's, it's ionic flux. You know, it's quantum ionic flux. It's the movement of electrons. Who the hell cares about the movement of electrons? People get depressed about, you know, their wife left them, their husband left them, their dog died, whatever it is. They're sick, they're all these problems. It's just ionic flux. It's just potassium and calcium and sodium. It's just It's like electrical energy. You're freaking out about a potassium and ion flowing, potassium and calcium ions flowing into neurons. It's absurd, really. But we, we fall into this trap of believing the world as we see it, as we perceive it. And there's a really cool book out by a guy named Douglas Hoffman. And I forgot what the title of the book is, but he's a neuro, his name's Douglas Hoffman. Uh, and I forgot what his title is, but he talks about how everything that we think is real is all virtual. There's nothing that's real. Yeah, it's all just don't like, exist, dude. He it's said a it. dream. It's not a real thing. Yes, it's not a real thing. And we fall into it. And he says that it's from evolu for evolutionary reasons so the body can survive and wouldn't get eaten by tigers and lions. And he has, you know, I understand his point. But the problem is today we have, we're so deep in the rabbit hole that we forget that there's really nothing out there but, but electricity. So your job, I think, my job, the way I see my life is, I'm going to make it a freaking beautiful dream. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this electricity a gorgeous masterpiece, an amusement park. Why would I make it anything less? You know, and the, to get to your question about meditation, meditation teaches you this. It, it, over the course, and I've been meditating my, pretty much my whole adult life, over the course of, of, of the months, of the days and the months and the years of meditating, eventually you realize the impermanent and insubstantial nature of everything we take as real. You know, and that includes... You know, we're talking about phys the physical stuff. That includes nutritional supplementation, and that includes food, and that includes exercise. That's all great stuff, and that's all fun stuff, and do it. But don't freak out about it. You know, we're here to have a good time. You're here. This is an amusement park we're in, and it's actually very, very similar to a dream in a lot of ways. When you dream, it really seems like, you know, the car is there, the house is there, the the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the dog, the cat, whatever. It really seems like it's there. But where is it really? Here. It really seems like it's there. But you're still in bed. Your eyes are closed. And as real as it seems, it's really in here. Well, in a way, where's all this happening? Where's all this happening? It's happening right here. Where is this, this conversation happening? It's happening in here. I'm having this conversation, it's being perceived and it's being processed and all this stuff's going on in my brain. And then I'm like a ventriloquist throwing out here and making it look like it's real, but it's really happening in my brain. If I take a drug right now, I'll have a completely different reality because I'm changing my brain. Everything is happening in here. Everything you think that's out there is really in here. It could be no different. And when you love somebody, when you have love, guess who's getting the oxytocin? Guess who's getting the dopamine, right? Guess who's getting the immune benefits? And when you hate somebody, guess who's getting the cortisol? Guess who's getting cancer? Guess who's getting inflammation? So 
when it says in the Bible, love your neighbor as you love yourself, what it really means is when you're loving your neighbor, you're loving yourself. Yep. Because it's all happening out, it's all happening in here. It's not happening out there. And that's why, to me, that's, what the, that's the importance of understanding, the or at least beginning to investigate the true nature of the world is all about. And that's, what, that's why meditation is so important. I hope people don't think this sounds too metaphysical. You can, you literally can create your reality, but further than that, this has a heck of a lot to do with your body. It's connection. not that you can create your reality. No, you do recreate your reality. You can. You, I love that saying. I create my reality. Oh no, you don't create your reality. Really? Who creates your reality? Do I create your reality? <laughs> Am I creating your reality? Of course, you create your reality. Who creates your reality? Somebody's got to create it. Of course, it's you. That's self-evident that you create your reality. And while it's metaphysical, meta means above, right? Metaphysical is above physical. In order to control one level, you gotta go one level up. You can't just address the physical. The physical is controlled by the metaphysical. Everything we're talking about here is going meta. You always wanna go one level up. You, this is the problem with the medical model. The medical model tries to treat the physical at the physical. And that's the problem with what I call allopathic nutrition. Have you ever heard me talk about allopathic nutrition? Allopathic nutrition? Yeah, allopathic, you know what allopathic means? Again, I'm sure I've heard you say the phrase, but I don't know what you're getting okay. at. Oh yes, let me tell you. Allopathy means against, allo means against, pathology, disease. Allopathy is against disease. Allopathic medicine is the medicine that we practice today. That's mainstream medicine. And we fight disease. We create medicines that fight disease. That's what that's called allopathic medicine, as opposed to homeopathic medicine, which is medicine, homeopathy, which is medicine that treats disease by giving you something that causes disease. That's how homeopathy works. So if you have itch, you'll get a homeopathic remedy that causes itching in a high amount, high dose, but you'll get a very, very tiny dose. And the logic is, is that when you get a tiny dose of something that causes a disease, it stimulates your body to make anti-disease, uh, anti-disease chemicals. Does that make sense? Is that, should I say that again? Because homeopathy confuses a lot of people just for that. Oh, uh, let me tell you something. It's the real deal, but it works electronically. It works with, with, with electrical energy, so you can't really detect it. Because there's not it. enough active substance to do it. It's, it's all electrical, it's subtle. So you can't really say it, but I've seen it work with my own eyes. So I'm not, I'm a believer. In fact, it works so well that it's actually legal. It's, it's legal medicine. But the point I'm making is about allopathy is we fight disease. We treat, we, we uh, create medicines that, that fight disease. You have to be very careful about something called allopathic nutrition. Allopathic nutrition is when you use nutrients to fight disease. Yeah. Oh, I call it this for that. Oh, I have this illness. I take that nutrient, That's I, this for that. That's doing the same thing that, that uh, allopathic medicine does, that drug medicine does, except you're dealing with nutrients. It's a little we better. We combat that type of question all the time. What do I take? What this? do I take? What do I take? support the body. Right, so what you wanna do is, exactly, you wanna go meta to the disease by treating the whole body. To go meta to the disease, you, you, uh, one level up from the symptom or from the, from the joint or from the heart, the organ or whatever's being affected, to go one level up from that is to treat the whole body. You don't want to treat the, well, I have liver disease, what do I do? I have digestive disease, what do I do? I have migraine headaches, what do I do? Treat the whole body. 
Take the mighty 90 essential nutrients. Make sure that you're uh, having regular bowel movements. You're breathing correctly. You're not eating the sugar. You're, you know, exercising and moving your body. You're getting enough rest. All the things we always talk about. It's, it's that simple. But we live in a world where we're conditioned by this medical, this pharmacal medical strategy, unfortunately, for economic reasons and financial reasons, that wants us focusing on this level. Always go meta. Always go one level up. That's a, that's a rule of thumb. If you want to be powerful in life, go one level up from where everything seems to be appearing. And that gets back to this whole idea of meditation and how the world is structured and how our thoughts are put together. Don't focus on the thought. Go one level up and watch the process. Watch what a thought it is. It's power really, really quickly. What's that? It, it, the thoughts, the negative thoughts particularly, tend to lose their power very quickly once you just you sort okay. of you just the process. Them. Yeah, absolutely. There's just nothing. It's, it's nothing. It's potassium and calcium and sodium. It's ionic flux. It's electricity, and we're freaking out about electricity. So all this goes right back to the start and what I said, why I and why you don't really like detox products because it's not approaching the whole body. Uh, yeah. I don't want to say I don't like them. It just doesn't seem like a great strategy for detoxification because, like you said, your body now has to detox from the plants and the herbs. Most detoxification strategies use herbs. Herbs are medicines. They're, they're gentle medicines, nonetheless, they're medicines, and they contain toxins. Because medicine- You know this from pharmacy school too, yes, right? Like people it's called think herbs are all good, but a lot of times they're acting like a drug. They're doing the same thing. They are drugs. Drug. We get drugs, herbs are drugs. They work in a drug-like, a pharmacological, like um, um, not, not all their mechanisms are pharmacological. There's nutrients in herbs too, but many of their mechanisms are pharmacological, but because they're so mild, and because the human body has evolved with these things over the course of millennia, they're not as toxic as drugs. Nonetheless, they have a pharmacological effect and the liver has to detox them. So when you take, for example, um, chamomile, right? There are components in the chamomile that will relax you, but many of those components that will relax you have to be detoxified. So now you put a system, if you take burdock, burdock's a classic detoxification herb. You'll find it in, in a lot of detoxification formulas. Yes, burdock has stuff in it that can detoxify, but your body has to detoxify the burdock. So why? Vitamin C is as friendly as it can possibly, there's no molecule friendlier to the body than vitamin C. Although all the mighty 90s have a certain amount of friendliness, but vitamin C is an ultimate. We're, we're like one enzyme system away from making our own vitamin C. All other animals can make vitamin C. Except Just for us and like guinea pigs, right? Yeah, guinea pigs, gorillas, and uh, the fruit bat, and, uh, <laughs> and humans, right? So the vast majority of animals, 99.9% .9 of animals can make them. For some reason, we, because we were, fr we were frugivores, we ate a lot of fruit, uh, and fruit contains vitamin C. This is the thinking anyway. Uh, we lost that, this enzyme system. We lost the ability to make vitamin C by this enzyme system got deactivated. But we're one enzyme system away from making this incredible substance, which is why it's so, so friendly and so non-toxic. And it is such an incredible uh, multifunctional detoxification, among many other things, supplement. It is the quintessential anti-aging supplement or, or nutrient is vitamin C. In fact, and I don't know if I, I've talked about this before, so stop me if you have. Vitamin C deficiency, you know what they call that? They call that scurvy. Scurvy, scurvy yeah. right? Scurvy has the same symptoms as aging. Scurvy is an accelerated form of aging. Your body just becomes deteriorates. Your connective tissue deteriorates. Your blood vessels deteriorate. 
your skin, the, the dermis in your skin deteriorates, your fascia deteriorates, you get bruising all over your body, your teeth fall out of your head, you hemorrhage to death. But aging is like scurvy, like sub, uh, subclinical scurvy. It's like a form of scurvy that is slower. I'm with you. It's, it's like scurvy that's not as dramatic as scurvy. So what does that tell you? Vitamin C is the ultimate anti-aging vitamin. And we need quite a lot of it compared to a lot of the other essential nutrients. What's that? We need quite a lot of it as well. Oh, you need the mighty 90 essential nutrients. Absolutely. They all work together. And ideally, they're in food. Ideally, you, you eat the foods and you get all the nutrients you need. Um, we only supplement because we destroyed the food. And, we destroyed and the whole system. The whole, whole system. Yeah, the yeah. whole system for the soil upward. So let's go back to the liver for a second here, because we're talking about detoxes. The liver is the detoxing organ. You can support your liver just by doing the regular stuff that we recommend anyways, avoiding the bad foods, taking the 90 essential nutrients, particularly with selenium to support the liver. If the liver is working properly, then it's detoxing correctly as well. Now, I said that I don't like detoxes, but we actually sell one that's called a detox, and I don't think it should be called a detox. I don't know if you know it's the... Um, What's in it? It's the 30-Day Liver Detox by True to Life, the company True to no, Life. No, what's, what the, what's the ingredients? It's basically it's a liver flush. I mean, one of the main ingredients is a, a pure vitamin E oil, basically. You take that and you take this other product with some grapefruit. You take enzymes during that process. But it is a very vigorous flush. I mean, there's home versions that people can do with olive oil and stuff like that as well. But I don't think it should be called a detox. I think it should be called a flush. Okay, do you know I, have to about see, I would have to see what was in it. Yeah, there's a few different products, but the point is it does get gallstones out. You know, yeah, there are some galls, there are some gallbladder flushes. The gall, the uh, you know, that's a really good point. The bile system is one of the most misunderstood and underappreciated fluid systems in the body. See, may, there's the major fluid systems in the body are the blood, the lymph, and the bile. Bile doesn't get anywhere near the credit needs for, as a detoxification substance. When you eat a food. The food goes into your intestine, and uh, one of the ways the body protects itself from toxicity is by bile sticking to toxins, especially uh, heavy metals and hormones, toxic hormone system, toxic hormones, uh, also fats. A lot of fatty substances get trapped in bile, and what's supposed to happen is you have a bowel movement, and the bile gets dumped out in the bowel movement, and that's one of the ways that we detox. However, because of intestinal issues that people have and because of over too much toxicity, bile becomes sticky and sludgy. You know how I always talk about dirty blood? Yeah. You can have dirty bile. When, you, when bile becomes sticky and sludgy, it has a tendency to form stones. So gallstones, uh, which by the way, gallstones can be unbelievably painful, uh, are the end result of sticky, sludgy bile, which itself is the end result of uh, uh, excessive toxicity. Also, hormones, especially estrogen, is supposed to dump out in the bile. When bile becomes sticky and sludgy, estrogen can build up. And having sticky, sludgy bile and gallbladder problems, as well as liver issues and intestinal issues, is the worst thing for a woman who is dealing with any kind of uh, estrogenic issue. Or, or It's the worst thing for all women, for men too, but especially for women because they're producing lots of estrogen. So cancer, endometriosis, reproductive problems, fibromyalgia, fibroids and cysts in the breasts, PMS, menstrual, menstrual problems. These, are, these cause so much misery 
to uh, so many women. And there's the, uh, the end result of estrogen that's not being eliminated correctly because of sludgy bile, as well as because of liver dysfunction or, or some kind of uh, liver compromise and intestinal issues. So taking care of bile is job number one in terms of estrogenic, uh, in terms of all detoxification, really. I don't want to say job number one because there's a lot of things, but it's one of the most important things you could do for taking care of detoxification is clean the bile. How do you clean the bile? Lots of ways. First of all, using bile-supporting supplements like lecithin. Because you can bile. supplement with bile too. Yeah, yeah bile sauce, exactly. They're in the ultimate enzymes. They help uh, liquefy bile. Using... Um, uh, uh, probiotics and intestinal support because there's crosstalk between the gallbladder and the liver and the intestines, so keeping the intestine clean, using fiber to make sure you're having regular bowel movements to eliminate toxins and keeping keep the bile from recirculating, the bad bile from recirculating to eliminate the bile. So keep, take care of the liver, the bile, uh, uh, the bile system, which is the gallbladder, and uh, and the intestine is super important for as for all detox, but especially 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 for women. We're dealing with estrogenic health issues. So the root of this, the liver is above the gallbladder for anybody who doesn't know, right? The liver, the liver is the major gland here. The gallbladder is more just like a stack. That the gallbladder is a bag of bile. Yeah. And the way it works is uh, there's a little duct that goes from the liver to the gallbladder and uh, bile comes out, goes out from the liver. It's made in the liver. And then it goes into the gallbladder and the gallbladder holds it. The bladder means bag. And, and gall means bile. So the gallbladder is a bag of bile. And when you eat a food, it goes down your esophagus into your stomach. Your stomach crushes it up, does all the things it's supposed to do, hopefully. And then it drops into the intestine. And when it drops into the intestine, if you're healthy, the, the food is acid. It's acidic, it right? It converts it, yeah. What? Yeah, because your your, all the stomach juices and, and the stomach acid has, has crushed it up. And it's, now it's an acid uh, kind of, it's called chyme, C-H-H-Y-M-E. And it's kind of like a, 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 a mushy, soupy kind of material. And it's acid, right? By the way, if you could see all this stuff happening, it would change the way we ate. <laughs> you would, that, the food we eat would not look so delicious if we could actually see what it looks like in the intestine and in the stomach. Anyway, so it drops into the intestine and it's acid at that point. There's something very interesting happens as it drops into the intestine from the stomach, right? This is so cool. It's acid. And... As it drops into the, the intestine from the stomach, it triggers a shot of bile. Bile is very alkaline. And when the bile hits the acid in the chyme, you get a fizzing effect. You ever, you ever mix acid, like a baking soda and lemon juice together? If you, if you ever have, uh, you ever cook something and it's real greasy and gritty, put some lemon juice or apple cider vinegar, something acidic on there, and then mix in baking soda. And what will happen is you'll get a fizzing effect, and that fizzing effect will liberate the fats from the baking pan. It's a great way to clean your baking pans, right? Well, the same thing happens in the intestine. As the fat, the chyme, the acid chyme drops into the intestine, the bile gets, it hits it, and you get a fizzing effect, and the fats are liberated from that fizzing effect. The vitamin A, and the vitamin D, and the vitamin E, and the vitamin K, and the essential fatty acids, and the phytonutrients and some of the minerals are all liberated from the chyme. And that's what's supposed to happen if, you're, if everything's working correctly. However, number one, if you're not making enough stomach acid, then the chyme is not gonna be as acidic as it needs to be. It's not gonna trigger the bile. 
or God forbid, they took your gallbladder out. Now you're not going to get any of that stuff by you get a little. Got a supplement in that case, with right? This, with Absolutely, that. because Absolutely. you're not going to be able to liberate those fats. Or if the bile is clogged up, if it's you know you, you have estrogen issues, you're, you're not you have constipation issues. You can see how it all kind of connects up together. So what you want to do if that's the case is stomach, like you said, take care of stomach acidity, apple cider vinegar, betaine HCL. Make sure you're using bile supplements, the ultimate oh. enzymes and lecithin granules, and you know there's a, a and oh here's another really interesting thing. You know what bile is made up of? You know what the 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 base of bile is cholesterol is the base of bile. Bile's made from cholesterol, which is yet another reason why you don't want to be monkeying around with your cholesterol system. So you can imagine if this problem, uh, if this process is not working properly, not only are you not able to digest the fats properly because that chemistry going on, but now the acidic food that's come from the stomach goes into the intestine and it's not converted to alkaline. Imagine what that's going to do to the delicate villi and microvilli in the intestines. Well, also, the food is not going to be digested properly. And so proteins uh, will come out of the intestine, out of the stomach into the intestine incompletely digested. These incompletely digested proteins are very immune stimulating. They activate the immune system and a lot of autoimmune issues and immune problems can arise from this. Also, inflammatory conditions in the intestine can, uh, can be caused by uh, these peptides, these undigested proteins, which can then leak into the blood and initiate all kinds of havoc inside the bloodstream. These, these bioactive peptides, these immune activating peptides floating around in your blood are responsible for all kinds of health misery involving autoimmune diseases, and it's all secondary to incomplete digestion uh, at the level of the stomach. Uh, incomplete breakdown of protein at the level of the stomach. And all you need is, may need anyway, is apple cider vinegar or betaine HCL or some kind of acidifying substance for the digestive contents. Well, and that's if you have a problem. I mean, we're very strong on salt. Just getting enough salt, making sure your body has enough of that raw material to make that stomach acid because that's, it's not the first stage. The first stage of digestion is in the mouth, but it's the second. No, no, that's not the first stage. You know what the first stage is? I'm thinking about it. Bingo. When you start thinking about it, you start Ex producing the exactly, enzymes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's Let's mention this too, because we talked a lot about stress and we're talking about overall body health here. We started oh, let me with just detox. say one last thing about that before we say that. Before you eat, you want to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is why you don't want to eat when you're under stress and you want to say grace, be grateful. Gratitude is one of the best ways to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And this is why you say grace before meals activates the digest the parasympathetic nervous system which helps you digest your food i just thought i'd throw that in but go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no it's definitely worth throwing in because this is actually a big problem that we never ever talk about you know we tend to eat not we but a lot of people tend to eat without thinking about it without being conscious about it and if you just pick something up and eat it and you haven't prepared your body mentally to eat it you're not going to digest it properly it starts with you thinking about food that starts you producing enzymes and it starts your whole digestive you get hungry or you start to feel it. A lot of people are wolfing down Big Macs and they're not even thinking about it. They're eating it too quickly. All, all of these things. Ryan, that's why they call it. That's why they call it fast food, because you eat it fast. If you were to eat your hamburger really slow, you wouldn't eat very much of that hamburger. If you had to swish that chunky meat, that gr gristly meat and mushy bun in your mouth for like two minutes, it would not taste delicious at all. Try it. Try taking your, uh, your favorite fast food snack, whether it's french fries or hamburgers, and chew it very, very slowly. It is not going to taste delicious. If you take an apple and Real you chew it really slowly, it'll taste more and more delicious 
and then it'll be neutral and it'll drop down. That's a great way to tell whether it's the food you want to eat or not. And this is also a form of meditation, by the way. There's a big movement out there called the slow food movement. Absolutely. This is called food meditation, eating That's meditation. Great. Absolutely. Mindful eating. Yes, it's called, a sl it's called slow, it, what, it's slow food something. This is called a slow food diet. And absolutely. Yeah. You eat, you'll eat much less food if you eat very slowly. In fact, food processors know this, and they put softeners in their meat. Like if you go to Boston Chicken, you'll notice, I don't know if they still have Boston Chicken, but that's a chicken place. And when if you eat the chicken, you'll eat it. You'll notice it's like mushy. It kind of melts in your mouth because they put uh, phosphorus in there and other new, uh, other chemicals to make it absorb more water to make it more mushy. So processed food and especially fast food is made to be really soft. So you'll eat more of it. Hard, food that's hard to chew, you don't eat as much. They call it throat slip. Food processors call it throat slip. Yeah, yeah, I've heard this, I've heard this. So this, this is, as you mentioned too, it's a great way to reduce the amount that you're eating. Slow yes. down, yes. slow down. And we're yes. just talking about, you know, thinking before and you're eating. This is one of the benefits of home cooked meals. You know, you can smell it, you can feel it. But I mean, sometimes the food takes an hour or two hours to make. You are so anticipated, yeah. ready to eat it. All yeah. of your enzymes are ready. Dopamine. Your stomach acid's ready. Dopamine, yep. anticipation. And you know, you said something else about slow. Slow activates alpha brain waves and the parasympathetic nervous system. That's why when they do hypnosis, they always go, boom, boom. They don't go like this. They go, dude. There's something called f food porn. If you watch commercials for food, you yeah, watch the syrup goes real yeah. slow down the pancake, right? Or, the, or if they squeeze something, it goes slow. So you go into this alpha state hypnotic trance. I want that. <laughs> I used to do it when, with my, when my daughter was little. When I would read her and I'd want her to fall asleep, I would read real <laughs> slow. And she would go, no, no, no. And then go, like that, and fall asleep. So slow relaxes. It activates the parasympathetic nervous system. We want to get hyped. We want to get excited. Go fast. We move. That tells the body that it, there's a lion coming. You got to move. You got to go for it. So you can, you can play with it. You don't always want to be parasympathetic. Sometimes you want to be sympathetic. Sometimes you want to be energized. Let's explain this. I mean, these words, are, these are the technical words for fight and flight versus yeah. rest and restore, basically. Rest and digest. Rest and, and digest. And, and, restore, and restore. That's good, too. Rest, rest and digest and restore. So the sympathetic is, is the fight or flight exercise, yeah. intense, yes. you know, not healing, not digesting. Absolutely. We have a hypersympathetic culture. Disease is the end result of being out of ease, dis-ease. Out of ease is when you're not relaxed. The sympathetic nervous system leads to being not relaxed. Now, very important to recognize, you need the sympathetic nervous system to get you out of bed in the morning. In fact, first thing in the morning, you get a surge of sympathetic activity, which gets you up. And there's times you want to be sympathetic. You want to be energized. And so it's not like as easy as always be parasympathetic, but you want to be much more relaxed than you are energized to be optimally healthy. You want, you want bursts. The body likes, you ever hear this thing called high intensity inter, or high, uh, high intensity interval training, H-I-I-T or interval training. It's where you go really fast and then you stop. And you go yeah. really fast and then you stop. And that's the latest way, the latest uh, exercise fad. And it works because the body likes quick bursts of energy and then lots of rest. The rest period is when you get strong, but it has to be activated by stimulation by stress. Stress is your friend. It activates growth. 
What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But you can't grow muscles without stress. You can't grow muscles without stress. Exactly. But the problem is when the stress overrides the overrides the uh, relaxation. The sympathetic nervous system overrides the parasympathetic nervous system. And we are way, way hypersympathetic in this culture. And, and for intentional reasons, because you won't buy deodorant if you're not hypersympathetic. You know, we have to create needs. We have an economy in a world that's based on purchases and consumerism and materialism. And so our world needs us to feel freaked out. So we'll go out and do something. That's why in journalism, they say, if it bleeds, it leads. You ever heard that? If it yeah, bleeds, and it leads. fear sells generally as well, you know. Yes, if it bleeds, it leads. They want, that's why I say turn off the news. Don't be watching the news. Because they, they, they want you scared. It's part of their model. So I've got some other things to ask you here. Yes, sir. I would like you to go into detail on the product Nightly Essence because we don't go into detail on products very much. And this is Night a bit, yeah, it's outside of our regular package. I finally just added it to the website. Good the for first you. time I took it was because of you. You told you recommended taking it. Yeah. And I, I basically passed like coal, coal and tar. When did you, was, was the first time you took it? This was years ago. This was oh. multiple years ago. Oh. It was very strong. And I, I didn't understand what made that product so much different from a regular probiotic enzyme product. Well, it's got multiple, it's got, it's got multiple uh, bacteria. There's hundreds of types of bacteria. So, I don't know. It's like 500 different types of bacteria that live in your colon, right? And uh, most probiotic formulas will have a few. This has 14, I think 12 or 14 different, different bacteria. So that's number one. Number two... Uh, it also has enzymes in it. It also has digestive enzymes. So it, it has kind of two mechanisms of action for digestive health. Probiotics, you know, these days, everybody knows about probiotics. When I started talking about them 25, 30 years ago, it was really, it was kind of unknown. They are so darn important, but they're not easy to supplement with because unlike- You in the stomach, yeah? Well, not necessarily, because there's, there's acid bacteria that can survive acid. Um, in fact, there's, there's bacteria that make acid, like lactobacillus makes lactic acid. But um, probiotics are different from other supplements. They're different from vitamins. They're different from minerals. They're different from amino acids. They're different from fatty acids. Why? Because they're alive. A fatty acid and a vitamin and a mineral and an amino acid, those are molecules. They're not like living creatures. A probiotic is a living creature. You're supplementing with a living creature. You're, and so that makes them very tricky. There's hundreds of different types. Some people will benefit from one, one formula. Other people need another formula. Some people will benefit with them twice a day. Some other people need them every few hours. Some, some formulas need to be refrigerated. Others don't. And because they're living and they're secre these creatures are secreting chemicals, sometimes people have reactions to probiotics. Yep. So it's, they're not as simple to supplement with as vitamins and minerals, as the Mighty 90 vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and fatty acids. Nonetheless, they are incredibly important. And it is, especially if you're having a digestive problem, it's well worth taking the time to find a formulation that works for you. I like the nightly essence. I recommend the nightly essence. That should be a, a starting point. I like the fact that it has the digestive enzymes in there. But if you can't take the nightly essence, or you don't want to take the nightly essence, find a formula you like. And also fermented food, uh, fermented vegetables can be helpful. But again, because you're talking about living creatures, these bacteria living creatures, they secrete things that people can react to. Sometimes people have a problem with certain fermented foods. So you gotta play around with it. I like fermented veggies because you get probiotics, you get enzymes, and the bacteria 
break down the vegetables to make the nutrients more accessible. And you get the fiber. So for like pre-digested, what's that? Like pre-digested. Yeah, they pre-digested, exactly. That's exactly what they do. So it's a really great way to get nutrients in addition to the, the bacteria from the fermented food. If you do fermented veggies, it's a great way to get nutrients, a great way to get an all around nutritional sub, uh, nutritionally packed food substance. But some people can react, can have problems. There's like histamines and salicylates and various uh, compounds that are produced by bacteria as well as in the veggies uh, that people can react to. So you gotta be a little bit careful with probiotics and with fermented foods. Bone broth. That's another thing we recommend all Dang. the time. That stuff's awesome. Can you go awesome. into some detail on bone yes, broth? Yes, if you want to stay young, if you want to keep your skin looking good and your joints, uh, your uh, fascia, and your, all, the, all the connective tissue inside your body, and your bones strong, eat bone broth. Chicken soup. They used to call it chicken soup. Now we call it bone broth. And it's bone broth is a little more descriptive because now chicken soup can be Campbell's or it can be yeah. you know, just the broth. Bone broth tells you it's the bones because that's where the good stuff is. When you dissolve cartilage uh, and bones too, all kinds of youth-promoting, anti-aging, disease-fighting substances are secreted out of, the, out, of the, uh, out of the connective tissue, the cartilage, into the, into the liquid, and now you have this powerful liquid substance with easy-to-absorb protein and polysaccharides and immune boosters and connective tissue builders and uh, anti-wrinkle substances. It's unbelievable. I said earlier about vitamin C, how vitamin C is your anti-aging molecule. Vitamin C is the rate-limiting step, the rate-limiting molecule in the production of what's called connective tissue. Body's made up of four types of stuff. I call it stuff, but really tissue, right? There's four kinds of tissue. Have I told, have we talked about this before? Muscle, connective tissue, bones. No, no, no. Close though. Did you ever go to the body's exhibit? You know what the body's exhibit is? Yeah, where they peel the skin off. And yeah, yeah, where they peel the skin off. Yeah. Right? If you look at this, the, the thing, the, I call it the flesh robot, right? You can still tell it's a person. You, you know it's not a dog or a cat or a squirrel. You know it's a human being, right? You can't tell what, whether it's a black person or a white person or a man or a woman. or you can't tell what type of person it is, what their race is or their gender is or their or what they look like, but you can tell it's a person because the flesh robot makes up 90, probably 80% of us, 70, 80% of us, something like that. So this flesh robot is made up of two tissues. The flesh robot is made up of two tissues that are electrified with a third tissue and then covered up with a fourth tissue, right? That's the four things that make us up, the four tissues. The flesh robot, which is two tissues, and then the electrification, which is a third tissue, and then a candy coating, if you will, or co covering, which is, which is the fourth tissue. This covering is called epithelial tissue. The electrification is called nervous tissue. That's the neurology. And then the flesh robot is called steak. Not really, but that's what steak is. Steak is the flesh robot of a cow. And what, if you, it, it's, it's a cross-section of the flesh robot. You take the cow and you slice it this way, you get a steak, or you get a whatever, a piece of meat, right? So what is a steak? A steak is made up of two things, right? What are the two things in steak when you look at a steak? One thing you like and the other thing you don't like as much, although it can be kind of tasty if you broil it right. What are those you're two things? About, you're talking about fat and meat or you're talking about bone and muscle? Fat and meat, basically, but same idea. Fat is, fat is one type of tissue and meat is another type of tissue. There's also gristle, right? There's the white stuff, there's the gristle. So what is that white stuff? What is the gristle? And what is the fat? 
That's called connective tissue. And the, the flesh is called muscle tissue. And those are the four kinds of tissues. The muscle tissue and the connective tissue are wrapped around together. And the electrified tissue is the nervous tissue. And the whole thing is coated with epithelial tissue. Here's the point. The number one most important determining factor for how well you will age is the connective tissue. The connective tissue holds the muscle tissue in place and the connective tissue feeds the muscle tissue. Blood is connective tissue. Blood vessels are connective tissue. Fat is connective tissue. Bone is connective tissue. Connective tissue is the cartilage and connective tissue is the fascia. Connective tissue is what keeps us intact. It's, it connects everything. It's the, it's the holding point for everything and it feeds and sustains everything. And the number one cause of aging, in fact, the, uh, the most important determining factor for the visible signs of aging are deterioration of connective tissue. Sickness and disease are about the connective tissue. Aging is about the connective tissue. Cancer is about the connective tissue. The visible, the visible stuff that we hate about aging, the wrinkles and the stooped over process and the, the, the shortening, the way people get shorter when they get older is all about the connective tissue, which means building connective tissue is the number one health strategy for anti-aging. Bone broth has all of the factors in liquid form and easy to absorb form for building connective tissue. Why? Because it is connective tissue. Eating connective tissue is the best way to build connective tissue, which is why you want to do collagen, which is why you want to do hyaluronic acid, which is why you want to do glucosamine. All of our strategies for building, for, uh, uh, building joints for arthritis are about building connective tissue. If you want to stay younger or longer, take arthritis supplements. Pretend you're an arthritic. You'll have less wrinkles. Pretend you treat yourself like an arthritic and your skin will look better. Building anything you do to build connective tissue is going to make you healthier. Not only that, and this is really cool. When connective tissue breaks down, it releases growth factors. Why? Because when you're injured, this is how cool evolution is in, in the human body. It evolved the system for the injury triggering growth. When you eat connective tissue that has been broken down, hydrolyzed, broke by either water or by heat, like in the case of gelatin, you're eating these, these anti-inflammatory growth factors that help suppress inflammation and help you grow. So eating connective tissue helps build the body. Anything you do to eat connective tissue, whether it's gnawing on chicken cartilage or, or doing chicken bone or taking cartilage supplements or bone broth or uh, glucosamine supplements or hyaluronic acid supplements, anything you could, any time you eat connective tissue or components of connective tissue, you'll build your connective tissue. But you cannot build connective tissue no matter how much raw material, these are all building blocks and raw material for connective tissue, no matter how much raw material and building blocks of connective tissue you ingest, you can't build connective tissue without vitamin C. And that means vitamin C is the activator of, that's why I said earlier, vitamin C is the quintessential anti-aging vitamin because it's the activator of connective tissue building. For people who are worried about osteoporosis, way more important to take vitamin C than it is to take calcium. For people who are worried about arthritis, way more important to take vitamin C than it is to take glucosamine. For comes people, first. Vitamin C, because it helps you. It's, it's the key. It's the key that turns on the machinery 
of connective tissue production. That's why vitamin C is so important for skin as a skincare ingredient, because one of the reasons, a lot of reasons really, but one of the reasons is it helps build connective tissue. Building the connective tissue is the very essence of anti-aging. And by the way, that's why exercise is so important. Exercise builds connective tissue. When you're sitting, the more you sit, the more sedentary you are, the faster your connective tissue deteriorates. Cancer, cancer cells are so amazing. I mean, aside from the fact that the disease is so awful, the cell itself is really amazing. One of the things a cancer cell will do is it will drill into connective tissue so it can spread. Mm. It has enzymes in it that are like, like excavators, connective tissue excavators that allow metastases to occur. So by building your connective tissue and strengthening your connective tissue, you can prevent metastases or reduce the likelihood of metastases for people who have cancer. I, lo I love that explanation. Thank you for that. I want to go, I want to go into one more here. I know we've one more and then I got a bowl. The appendix. Ah, the appendix. They used to tell back in the, back when I was in school, they used to say it's a vestige. Vestigia. We didn't need it. We didn't need it. It's, a, it's just extra, extra organ that gets it's in there. No, it's a warehouse for what? For digestive bacteria. You have, oh, wow. you have your own little tiny section that's like sticking off of your intestine. It's like a little spare chamber for probiotics for good bacteria, which is why if your appendix bursts, you are in big trouble. People die from that. Because what ends up happening is all these bacteria are all over the place. Build, uh, and by the way, building connective tissue is a great way to keep your organs strong, to keep them from bursting. Because the connective tissue makes the organs strong. The connective tissue also, by the way, keeps the, the organs in place. When, when people get older, you know what happens, you don't know this probably, but when people get, I hope you never know it, when people get older, their organs drop. Mm. They, it's called a prolapse. Have you ever heard of this? They prolapse. Yeah, yeah. Uteruses prolapse and prostates prolapse and various organs inside the body drop. That's a weakened connective tissue. That's weakened connective tissue. You know, ruptures, hernias, all those are, are weakened connective tissue. Ben, so you've appendix, saved several appendix. appendixes now. You've what? saved several appendixes now because on one of your um, recorded things on your archive, that uh, brightsideben.com, it used to be bright, uh, benfuchsarchive.com, but you are the only answer that I could find that said if you are experiencing an inflamed appendix and they want to take it out, stop eating because something is causing the inflammation. If you that's stop right. eating, that's it's exactly going to go down. Right. And literally, that's our standard advice now. And you have saved appendices. Is that right? I saved some appendices? The truth. All right. And as you said, when, if you take that out, it's not vestigial. This is a part of your immune system because it's a storehouse of your probiotics. Absolutely. You will have digestive problems. If you have your appendix out, you will have digestive problems the rest of your life, likely, if you have your appendix out. And there may be some outliers out there, but it's a good way to induce digestive health issues is to lose your appendix. And unlike the gallbladder where it's not good, but you can supplement at least with those digestive enzymes with the appendix, it's like, oh, they're not, Neither are good. You want yeah. your organs. You keep uh, all your organs. Keep your organs. Keep your organs. Don't let them say you don't need that. You can live a perfectly fine life without it. You need them all. There's no, there's no organs that are spare. Unless you have cancer. God forbid you have cancer. You have to take them out. But they take, people take out thyroids and gallbladders and just for convenience. Because they're... <laughs> Not, not, I've not, heard them do it preventatively, believe it or not. Preventively, breasts and things, yeah, or, or hysterectomies in women. Women, unfortunately, are the most abused. Like the female, female organs, it's, it's terrible what pe people take out. So when you take your female organs out, you're not just taking your female organs out. You're taking an entire hormone system out. 
an entire hormone no a node of the hormone system is completely removed now and you're going to have there's no way you're not going to have problems the rest of your life hormonal problems the rest of your life it's terrible and you know i don't if you have to have it you have to have it done but only at, as a last resort ben i appreciate you i got one thank more you question. thank you so one much more nice question. To see you again. Yeah. synthetic ascorbic acid there's, people think it's a problem i don't think it's a problem there, well what does synthetic mean all ascorbic acid or the vast if majority it's made of in a lab it's synthetic no there's no making a lab it comes from corn ascorbic well, I mean, acid as soon as as soon as they have to actually manufacture it doesn't matter where the source it comes is, to it's glucose it's a direct ascorbic acid and glucose are very very similar molecules and so ascorbic acid is easy to make from sugar so any anything that has sugar in it can be turned into ascorbic acid in the lab and corn is usually the most important source because corn is a commodity so there's lots of corn around so once ascorbic acid is in your mouth and in your bloodstream and it approaches the cell, the cell doesn't see the ascorbic acid as being derived from corn or being derived from an orange. Think about it. When you eat an orange and you get the ascorbic acid from the orange, natural ascorbic acid, it's digested. The orange has gone through all kinds of processing. By the time the ascorbic acid is in the blood, your cells don't know whether that came from an orange or whether it came from corn or whether it came from anything else. It doesn't know the difference. It just sees the molecule. And at the level of the cell, the ascorbate, which is the, the part of the ascorbic acid that interacts with the cell, the cell doesn't know where it came from. It just sees ascorbate. However, however, this is always important. This is why food is always better than supplements. When you eat an orange, you're getting cofactors that help that ascorbate work more effectively. Phytonutrients. You're getting flavonoids and such. Yes, phytonutrients. And whole foods are always better than supplements. But the idea that synthetic vitamin C is not vitamin C, and I've heard people say this, and that's, that's, not a, that's a misunderstanding. It's arbitrary. Well, at the level of the cell, the cell doesn't know where that ascorbate came from. It's just a molecule at that point. It doesn't know whether it's GMO or not GMO or corn or apples or oranges. It came from your food or came from a, a capsule or where it came from. It just sees the molecule. But food is always a better choice because food has other things in that molecule. And in the case of fruits and vegetables, you're getting structured water that you can only find in fruits and vegetables that help everything work. So there's no comparison between supplements and foods. And I don't like that I have to supplement. I wish I could get everything from foods, but you can't. It's just those days are gone and there's no sense complaining about it and just trying to do it. You can't really do it. So supplementation is, is a must in my opinion. But the real point is if anybody ever tells you ascorbic acid or or synthetic, as you say, vitamin C is not vitamin C or synthetic ascorbic acid is not vitamin C. They don't know what they're talking about. That doesn't make any sense from a molecular or biochemical standpoint. Nonetheless, yeah, that it off. what's that? We just brush it off, yeah. Yeah, but, but it is true. It's absolutely true that food is your best source and, and vitamin C from, an app, from a piece of fruit, for example, is going to have other things in it that help that vitamin C work much more effectively. Would you say that's one of the reasons that Tangy Tangerine and similar formulas that we have are so effective because they have all this stuff in there thrown into? Yes, it's not in, high, in high concentrations and in liquid format. Those are two things about the Beyond Tang Tangerine. That's why I like the powder better than the capsules, by the way, or the tablets, is because you, get, you can have liquid and all those nutrients and liquid go to work very quickly when you drink them. And uh, also the high dose a lot of these, there's a lot of high concentrations, it's like a yeah. thousand milligrams of vitamin C, so super high doses. So the high doses and the liquid make that thing really effective and really quickly. What you don't want to do, and I, I don't know who came up with this, but on the instructions, it says two scoops and 18 ounce. 
that's not <laughs> that doesn't work you know? we're always telling people to lower the dose and ease lower into the dose, and yeah, your... exactly i don't know how they came up with that but that does a lot that, that causes a lot of digestive problems number one and it doesn't taste very good either and there's a lot of people who are like you know i'm not even, i'm not gonna put that stuff in me what you want to do is do to taste that's my my uh, recommendation i do one scoop max at a time i can only do a couple couple little maybe. you serve me some and it's really weak it's really to me when i when i gave it to you when you came to the lab yeah many yeah. times i'm like it's just barely yellow you yeah know? It's, i like uh, it very that's how i like it and then just do it throughout the day yeah it gives your body more chance to absorb it this is one of the strategies that we teach people too yeah good deal ben i appreciate you so much it is saturday night i will let you get to your saturday night all right. I hope buddy. everybody appreciates it as well. Yes. We'll talk to everybody soon and I'll see this again sometime soon. Take care, Ben. Bye, buddy. Now I'll wrap this up a little bit. So we started this whole thing with detox, detox products and why I don't like detox products because the body is a detox machine. And then we spent a long time talking about various ways to support the body. We spent some time talking about mental health and we spent some time talking about the physical stuff. It is key there, though. I want to go back to that mental part. That is a, something that's particularly hitting us hard today. There's a lot of things to be upset about and angry about and all this. And we, especially here on Instagram, we come here on Instagram and I have to really put the blockers on and try not to think about it, try not to look at too many posts because a lot of them are very negative and they cause negative emotions. And when you are in that stressed out mode or that hateful mode or, you know, fight or flight, you aren't resting, you aren't restoring, you aren't digesting. So really promoting relaxation, promoting positive mental health is absolutely key to health in general. Again, this whole thing was about just allowing your body to work properly. And when it does work properly, you don't need all these specific detox products. Even the detox that we sell, the liver flush, it's really not a detox, it's a flush. When you flush the liver, I mean, it's good for the liver. What's good for the liver is good for your body because your body, your liver is your primary detox organ. So I hope this all made sense. And I just wanted to add one thing. I wrote a whole bunch of things down here that I did, I wanted to touch on, but we covered so much here. I mean, even things like he's mentioning, when you're eating an apple, it's structured water. We could go into that, right? The plant structures the water as it sucks it into its cells. So the water that's inside of a fruit or anything like that is structured water, and that's phenomenal. But I definitely wanted to touch on one of those mental things. There's a book called The Art of Power, and it's written by a Vietnamese man that I can't pronounce his name, but it's called The Art of Power. And I fell in love with this book when I read it. And one of the things in it that he said is that these Buddhists or these monks that are talking about, he said, if somebody is being hateful or negative or something towards you, this goes for posts too. If there's posts that are being negative, the president's doing something that you don't like, all this stuff, the Buddhists will say, I don't need to accept your hate, right? And if you don't accept the hate, the negativity, the anger, if you don't accept that, they say, you can keep it. Right? That means the person who is angry, the person who is hateful, the person who is doing the action that you don't like, they have to keep that. And if, if you know about this, then that means, you know, you hating anything or being negative towards anything. Ben was talking about getting control of your thoughts, because if you don't, it actually harms you. Right. And that's why the Buddhists are saying, I don't need to accept your anger. You can keep it. Right. You can keep that poison in your own life. And if you don't have to accept these things into you. You know, here, we don't get very much negativity, but sometimes they do. We don't take it personally. We can't take it personally. I can't afford to take it personally because it will, again, harm me physically. And if you're caught up in this fight or flight, anger and hatred and all this stuff, you're not really allowing your body to thrive with the things that you're putting in it. 
And I hope that makes sense. You can put all the good stuff into the body that you want, but if you're not in control of the mind, the body's not doing any of this properly. You're, you're in a different world. You're in a different mode. And fight or flight is just a shorthand way to put it, but realistically, you're blocking a lot of processes in your body. And on the positive end, when you do just, again, either brush the negativity off or, you know, just give out love and gratitude and all this stuff, you are releasing the on top of allowing your body to work properly with the nutrition and all that, you're releasing all these positive hormones. And this is a self-driving process in both cases, right? The negativity can continue to drive negativity and disease and then reverse that in the positive thinking and all this stuff, mindfulness, you know, not just in being not in control of your thoughts, but being aware of your thoughts and not allowing negative thoughts to influence you. And then, you know, focusing on the things that matter. We're talking about slow food and slow eating. This allows you to appreciate what you're eating more. This allows you to have more time to do the eating and do the digesting and all of this. These cycles push each other. So you really want to get into that mode of not accepting the anger and the negativity. And also, as Ben said, with information, it's part of what we do here is give people information that gives people hope, that gives people faith. It is, it, it's the bad part when you don't know what's going on, right? Your body's failing and you don't know what's up. And so that can cause stress itself. The Buddhists also, again, I don't know if it was in this book, but it's mentioned in many books. They call it the, the two arrows or the two thorns. The first thorn is the problem. And the second thorn is your stress about the problem. And the second arrow or the second thorn can be worse than the first one, right? You can get a small injury and it's not a big deal. You make it a big deal, right? You can have a small health problem. And if you don't know any better or you go to your doctor and they say, oh, you're going to need to be on this medication for the rest of your life. That's a second arrow, right? So this can drive this whole process backwards and you really want to get control of that. And hopefully what we do here and what we did here tonight with all this information, it helps drive you to forget about that second arrow and get rid of it and, and realize that whatever the arrow is, whatever the thorn is, whatever the problem is in the body, you can fix it. Your body can heal itself. As we just mentioned, this whole thing, talked about detox. We didn't spend any time talking about, oh, this herb helps you detox and all this stuff. No, your body detoxes. Your body's a detox machine. So you just need to work with that process. The information is empowering because you know that you can do these things to support your body in all these various ways. And most of it comes down to the same thing, right? This is the same old story we say all the time. Ben went into detail on vitamin C and, and probiotics. We say this every day, right? Get off the bad foods. Get on the 90 essential nutrients. Vitamin C is one of those. Always we're talking about selenium. Selenium is another one of them. But that's it. You know, we, you, it's good to know about those individuals, but you really don't even have to. As long as you know that your body can heal itself, your body wants to heal itself, it's trying to heal itself all the time, all you've got to do is support that process. And I hope that wraps it up. And I appreciate all of you. And we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.